Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Toy Mania here at Big W. People are freaking out over selected Fisher-Price preschool toys. $19. Save up to $10. And Jurassic World Roar of Oars, just $18. Save $6. Lay by now for Christmas. Hurry, sale ends July 11. Horford and you're listening to the Celtics Life Podcast. It is officially the start of the offseason for the Boston Celtics after being knocked out of the playoffs by LeBron James, which means off-season podcasts. Today we'll be talking about what we've got going on between the last two teams in the playoffs, most notably J.R. Smith, and what Celtics fans should be looking forward to over the next few months. And guys, as far as from us, like over the next couple months, we'll probably be on like a summer schedule. Um, I mean, we'll probably be weekly up until the draft and, and beginning of free agency. But be, uh, be prepared. You know, we might take a little time off. Uh, they'll be a little all over the place. We're going to try and get some guests on and stuff. So, uh, And then once we get camp fired up, uh, maybe the end of September, we'll be back full, full steam ahead. But just so you know, uh, that's probably the summer deal. And especially... With kind of this different schedule and all the stuff going on, we live for your feedback that'll help us get better. And, and we're going to be playing around with content and with all of our stuff throughout the summer. So we'd really appreciate it if you subscribe and rate us five stars and also leave us reviews and comments on our Celtics Life articles or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. As always, thank you for listening. Let's jump into the playoffs right now. We took seven games to LeBron James and also the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> if you want to include that, what I did, you watched, we all were kind of in a lot of pain near the end of Game Seven, in part because it was kind of cruel in that it felt like we totally could have pulled it off. Yeah, but, I mean, I we wanted to jump in right pod like right after, and, and I just couldn't do it. Uh, we, we had to take we took a whole week off here. Yeah, uh, just to kind of recalibrate. Um, yeah, I mean, it does it definitely felt like a game that that got away it was a lot of pieces that that kind of just fell apart near the end and most notably i think three-point shooting was just awful for the celtics especially in the really the latter half of the third quarter on Mm -hmm. and that was the most catastrophic in that we were tied and we were sticking with them i think we were ahead at some point and then we just kept pulling threes yeah <laughs> just constant you know dribbling outside the arc just to take a three when there was basically an open lane to the basket and i i know that like that's a big shot it can really swing a game if you're hitting threes but if you're not hitting them it can also swing a game just the opposite direction and yeah, i mean i i remember we had we were in the bonus with like 10 minutes to go in the game and i one of my buddies i was watching the game with was like oh 
well, now we're in the bonus. You know we're just going to keep chucking up threes and totally blow this. And, you know, <laughs> we lag, I laughed it off at the time. And it was just like, you know, like four minutes later, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's exactly what we're doing here. Like, Do you, I, do you think that I, – I countered the argument of that the 76ers were losing because they were too young and that they, they just couldn't play in the playoffs because they were too young. But do you think that the youth is part of what ultimately cost the Celtics? In, in this series? Is it different from the Sixers? Um, At least their argument? I don't know. I guess that's a really good question. Uh, the way I saw it, I mean, we the series kind of unfolded like, you know, everybody took care of their business at home um, and then it came to Game 7 and, and I thought we were in a good place. I, I remember, I mean, before that, go back wasn't in any pot. I, I said I thought it would be seven games and I was like, I thought we could take care of business in that game at home. And I think that I, I don't know that it was like the moment was too big. I mean, you saw how big Jason Tatum was in that game. He dunked um, on LeBron James. Yeah, like unbelievable. And I thought that was like the momentum shifter right there, you know? And talk about the youth. I mean, he's the youngest guy leading the charge there at the end. Um, I think we just got some bad games from key contributors, you know? Um, Ter- Terry had a really bad game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and after, you know, he had a great game six, and so did Jalen. So for those guys, I, I don't think it was like the moment was too big. It was just um, – I just think it was just a bad shooting night, really. Yeah, and even then we were in it until the final couple minutes. Like we, it was a close game until the final couple minutes. And then they, right. the, the Cavs – well, LeBron started to run away with it. Yeah. But, no, I, you know, I, I go back and forth on that because initially – I found myself making that argument and I was saying, ah, you know, we're, I think that we're really having trouble on the road and we're losing so much on the road because we're just so young and we're just a lot more rattled mm-hmm. in these road games. We're in the arenas that are just so much more energetic than they are during the regular season. But then I also looked back to when I was talking about the, the Sixers and how I argued that youth actually isn't really a very good argument for them because I almost was like, well, we're more young than they are. So, like, therefore, they can't be having trouble because of youth. But now I'm saying that, well, now we are being hit by like, – I don't know. I, I'm going back on myself, and it's kind of bothering me. But I question whether that's something that's uh, that's actually an issue or not. And it was a night and day difference. I mean, it, it was yeah, – you could. it was very evident. Yeah, absolutely. And that was – it, that's partially why I was so convinced for a little while before I, I took that step back and, and looked at it from a more objective point of view. But, you know, I, I still I still question it because there's got to be some explanation for why we were so bad, historically bad on the road during the playoffs, especially for a team that was extremely good on the road during a regular season. I was just going to say, we had one of the better records in the league on the road and like maybe it was just a case of like the, you know, everything gets amped up obviously to another level. And, um, you know, maybe the pressure did get to some of the younger guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now we've got Cleveland continuing the whole streak of being undefeated on the road, getting absolutely shellacked by the golden state warriors and their lineup of death. And also with some assistance from J.R. Smith, if you didn't see it, Actually, you should break this down, man. You could you could break down J.R. Smith's move. The 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 either or, man. Take both. I just I don't I, I don't even I can't imagine not knowing the score 
<laughs> I'm just thinking from someone playing like, you know, sports as a kid and, you know, some high school sports and like I just can't even fathom not knowing the situation when you're in the finals. I mean, you have a chance to knock off I, was it the free throws that confused him? I mean, here he is thinking they're getting to the line. He he must have thought they were tied, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that was his argument, and right? In the, like, one time. He saw the first free throw go in, and I don't know. And George Hill gets totally taken off the hook here for missing that second free throw because that's what they would be talking about. Yeah. If yeah. it wasn't for J.R. Smith. Draymond Green had the great recap of this after the game because he was saying, you know, when Smith takes down the rebound and then takes off, he thought he was looking for LeBron. So, you know, he immediately, yeah, that's what he's like, that's what I would have done if it was me. And sure enough, you know, JR runs out there and just, I mean, just he almost runs by LeBron, almost runs across half court. I, mean, I don't know what the, it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and then he did pass it to LeBron, right? And then LeBron humped it to the corner, right? To, uh, um, George Hill, who took another I thought, shot. I thought he whipped it to George Hill. Who was oh, okay, that's right. He looked to pass it to LeBron, but then LeBron pointed, and then he fired it over in the corner to a pretty open George Hill, but it was too late anyways. I don't think it was even fired. I think he just tossed it that direction. Well, well, he, he figured he was going to be fouled. Yeah, I think he thought he was going to be fouled because he thought they had the lead or something. And then George yeah. Hill immediately like went up as quickly as he could with the shot. It was already too late. And then and that's when Jr. realized like, oh, I did something bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, that... you, have you seen the video on Twitter uh, of the two minutes that like took place right after that? No. Oh God. So I'm gonna I will I will hashtag this for you guys listening, uh, and I'll I'll tweet it out. Uh, it, so basically, someone they have the, the uninterrupted camera footage of what happened, like when they went to commercial after that. Yeah, yeah. So it's from that that meme where like LeBron's hands are out that everyone keeps making the funny memes out of. You know where yeah. he's where he's got his hand, two hands outstretched. It picks up right from there, and like Jr. like walks over to him. They say they have like a little exchange. LeBron kind of huffs and puffs and takes off for the bench. Jr. like is coming back towards the bench, head down. And, like, everyone's, like, dapping him up on the way back. Like, Kyle Korver and different guys. Oh, hit up, man. You know, whatever. Happens to everybody. <laughs> so, so they sit down. They sit on the bench. LeBron is sitting there defeated, right? Like, just, just like, looking. J.R. Smith's got his head slumped forward. And, um, and then LeBron starts looking up at the Jumbotron, right? And, uh, you know, he's, he's looking at it for a minute. And then... Ty Lue comes walking over, and he realizes that they had a timeout. And he says to Ty Lue, we had a timeout? And Ty Lue, you can only see the back of his head, but he responds. And he says, why did you call timeout? And, and like, and the, whoever, it was, uh, I think it was Mixtape from Barstool that tweeted this out. And he said, like, breaks down, like, at 131, LeBron realizes they had a timeout. At 141, LeBron has already decided to leave the Caps because it's, it's uh, the way his head, like, just totally, just, he just totally, like, it's the most defeated look I've ever seen on anybody. Would you have called a timeout if you were the coach? Yes, absolutely! I'm, what is he thinking? Because you don't, you don't think that your player is that bad. Yeah, but not the NBA player moment. would do that. But, but we've seen Brad Stevens call timeout when he thought Marcus Morris was going to take, about to take a shot that he didn't want him to take in split yes. second time. So yes, when J.R. Smith Brad's runs out and looks confused, and there's still three seconds on the clock, you call timeout right there. But Brad Stevens 
is noted for doing that. Brad Stevens, like, there, there are commentators who are like, he's a guy who will totally, like, that. that's something that it has to be told to fans because he's, he's prone to do that. There's a reason he's one of the very few that have the confidence in their coaching ability and just the wherewithal to understand that they need to fix what they're seeing in front of them. Whereas I think the majority of coaches, the vast majority of coaches, let things kind of unravel because they expect that these are the best players in the world. Right. And as such, have the best ability. But I think Tyron Lue easily falls into that that side, and we saw that on Friday night. Okay. But... You know, I, I I don't think that most coaches would have called the timeout well, there. I agree with you there. I, while I do agree with you there, it's still... There was enough time there. It's not like it was bang-bang. He took the rebound down. There, and there, there was, what, five and a half seconds left, I think, from the shot? No, there were only three. There were no, only three. There was more than that. No, from the rebounds. All right. I don't believe you, but... Even <laughs> still. The... It was... I, I don't know. If your player comes running out like that, and it's J.R. Smith, like I don't, I don't know. If he hadn't been running towards LeBron, okay, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I keep making you concede on these things, man. You keep getting closer and closer to my side. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't know. I, ju- I just don't. I don't. I still think it's a mistake. I, I, I just think that in that moment, when you see your players in a panic, I mean, all you need is like one second to get, you know, at least a decent shot off. And you have LeBron, he can shoot over pretty much anybody, right? So it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see how you don't call time out there. And maybe that's nitpicking too much, but I think that's crazy. But you have to watch this video, though, because to see the look on LeBron's face, it, it's just absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, you absolutely have to tweet that out. But just broken, Bro- a broken man sitting there on the bench, and then like like Tristan Thompson comes over and he's like patting him on the head as he's slumped forward, just in like, what have I been left with here? Yeah, there was a, a post on Reddit that was taught or in the comment section of a Reddit post that was talking about how the uh, the Warriors actually have five All Stars and one is J.R. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it kept it kept breaking down all the all stars that they have because they're like, well, they also have Kevin Durant's mom, who's the real MVP, and like all like they had like the entire. I was really, I loved the thread. I was laughing for a little while about it. But Jr. has helped the the Warriors win Game One. Actually, he was probably single handedly responsible for the Warriors. They they, they were chanting MVP for him last night at they were. At the line. I loved that. It was so <laughs> savage. It's it's somebody tweeted out too. I, I if only these um. These Golden State fans had had uh, had this kind of creativity when they were cheering for the Lakers five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a fun a fun storyline. <laughs> I like I like what's going on there. The Cavs. Do you think they get swept? I mean, I I didn't think so until that happened. I mean, I, I assumed that they didn't really fold last night. I mean, they played a pretty good game. Well... But no, until I, the end, I mean, they were down 10 most of the game I, within, like, striking distance. You know what I mean? Yeah, and every time they'd kind of claw back in, the Warriors would, would shoot back. Well, and that's what happens with the Warriors. You can't, like, you can't let them be up 10 because you'll never get, you'll never catch up. Because even if you hit a couple shots in a row, then bang three, bang three, and then you're down by even more than you were down. It's like, it's they're just a machine. Yeah. Um, so, th- that's... I, I I think I'd be I think the Cavs would probably pull one out in Cleveland, but at this point that might not even happen. Um, LeBron like 
if they, had they won that game one, they could have made a series out of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, that's, I think that ship is most definitely sailed. Let's move back to the Celtics. What do you think the priority of Danny Ainge and the Celtics front office should be this summer? Um, so keeping the band together and adding minor pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, adding, filling out. I mean, we're getting two All Stars back, right? So we're, we're, you know, instantly we're going to have the best off season of any team. Right, unless the Lakers somehow pull off like LeBron and Paul George or something, right? True. Like no one's getting two players of that caliber uh, back in their their lineup. So that we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. That I mean that those two guys, even one of those two guys, puts us in the finals this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just keeping the guys around them that are that play well in the system. You know, if you, I think. Marcus Smart, if you don't keep him, I think you're looking at a completely different identity defensively. Yes. Like, you're missing a huge, huge piece, and I, and there's really not a guy to, like, replace that. I would even say, I would agree with even just the, the first part of that, of that you just lose the identity of not even just the defense, but of the, the team. He embodies the Celtics. Longest tenured member. Yeah, I mean, he, he just he, he makes the Celtics what they are. Mm-hmm. And I would guess that he has a big role in the the locker room, among players, and just because I, I mean it, it's like who's up next mentality in Boston, and it's just you know every guy is, is a massive contributor, and Smart is is one of the the most tested and, and the most proven of defensive players, but just like you know having gone through the ups and downs with the Celtics since he's been drafted, mm-hmm. so no, I think I think he's a huge part of keeping this this locker room. You know what it is. One of the most fun teams that we've had in a long time. I think that that Smart is is a big part of that. And so we we know we don't know how much Smart's going to make, right? So he's uh, restricted free agent. So technically, they can match any number. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've Wick has been on the record saying they're willing to go into the tax to keep this team together. Yep. I would assume that means Marcus. Um, I don't know if it's in Wick's best interest to say that because then we're looking at the you know whatever number he's going to have to pay out, um, you know, being so upfront with that, even if he does intend to do that. Um, well, I think so. Marcus did say, I don't think it was immediately after Game Seven, but he did say, I think I'm worth fourteen to sixteen. I think mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere in that window. Yeah, it was it was the it was just it was the day after that horrible <laughs> game. Yeah. Game. Yeah, so I, everything was kind of a kind of, uh, then, yeah. bad optics there by Smart. Had he waited a couple of days, it wouldn't have seemed so uh, so bad. But after coming off that not so great performance in Game Seven, uh, and that wasn't just him; that was a handful of guys. But if he uh, ever figures out his offense, dude is is twenty plus. Dude, I don't I mean I don't think that's ever going to happen, though. I mean, we're at this point, and you know, well, we found a way to make way. it work, where we yeah. found a really really good role for him. As just a defensive guy, I mean, he still pulls the Marcus Smart, where he goes and he, you know he makes or tries to make plays mm-hmm. offensively, and it, it just doesn't doesn't usually pan out. But then he has the games where he's randomly hot out of nowhere, and it's like we can't possibly lose those games because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a shot in the arm. Yeah. So no, I, I think that he's. I, I would I would agree. He's like twelve to sixteen. I, I'd put his lower mark 
closer to 12 than, than 14. But I, I think that the Celtics were probably willing to pay 10 to 12. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not extremely unreasonable to, to give him an extra three or four million. And I, yeah. if, if, Wick, if Wick is serious about willing to, to spend to keep mm-hmm. this core together, I think smart is, is the main. Like, I, I figured that was kind of like, you know, like fan theories. They're like, oh, R plus L equals J confirmed. I was like, oh, Marcus Smart coming back confirmed. That's yeah. I bet, no, you're right. You're right, though. That's that's exactly the way I read it too. So, um, and it's going to be like there's also you know obviously they could always sign him for two years. It doesn't have to necessarily be like a four year deal. Um, yeah, because that that also is the question of like how long is this window? Of, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot. We have a unique position of having a lot of young guys, but. Now, Marcus Smart, if we give him a four-year deal, maybe the tail end of that doesn't look nearly as good as, as it did you know, right. today or mm-hmm. starting next year or something. So it's tough, especially with his you know, propensity to break himself intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, even, not on the court, just in general. So Right, right. Yeah. You know, there's there's some a little bit of risk there, but I think the Celtics are the the most poised and and ready to take on Marcus Smart for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Moving to the draft then. Well, I guess any other free agents, do you want Baines back? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I think he he fills an important role. I I think he's obviously a little more expendable. Obviously there's, you know, there's other guys you could replace that, that do similar things to Bain. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you want to hit the ground running next year, the guy that's already plugged in and knows what he's doing um, for this team, um, you know, he's probably the best option, right? For at a guy at his price range, is he within our price range? Even if with well, what's his, what is the number? I don't know. Um, I I think he'd want more than a mid level. But do you think he's going to get that from anybody else? Because I don't really. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, so? he'll he'll more roll on a team. Exception? I think that he would fit better. I mean, I, I don't know. I want to see he'd fit better, but he's got teams that could want his services and they have the money to spend more than the Celtics. Okay. So I, I think that, I think that he absolutely could get the money. It's just going to a situation that may not be as appealing. Mm-hmm. And also I, I think it's, you know, I mean, but there are teams that could totally use him and, and cause he's a good player, you know, he's, and he's really good defensively. You know, he's, yeah, no, I, I, he's, he's, Fills a great role for us, you know, but I, I think he's obviously to me a little more expendable, um, a lot more expendable. I mean, he's he's replaceable. You know, there's other guys. A Kyle Quinn comes to mind, something like that. I'm sure that they could put in that role and do a lot of the same things. I particularly like Baines and the way that he fit in. So I would prefer that they stick with him. But, yeah, but also, I mean, he's going to see less minutes. I mean, you and I were breaking down what the starting rotation might look like. And it, you know, very likely could be Kyrie. Brown, Tatum, Hayward, Horford. Yeah. I mean, if that's not the starting lineup, I think that's the lineup that's going to play, you know, all those guys are going to play like 30 minutes a night. Ideally, yeah. You know, so, or close. You know, that that's probably a conversation the front office will have with, with Aaron. You know, is that a role that you're willing to take? Do you want that? And as such, do you want less money to do it? That's what we got. Well, that's that's well, the situation. Uh, caveats there yeah yeah <laughs> basically do you want everything less 
just to stay with you know just to be here yeah. <laughs> just for a, a run at a title next year yeah which, which I, I think that this is certainly in the plans next year yeah because i mean unless the lakers become you know what you just said of like paul george and lebron mm-hmm. i doubt after that they'd have the money for him but if they did that might be the only other better situation yeah, I mean, even LeBron on Philly, I know everyone, that's a popular thing, but does LeBron on Philly really better than that team? Like, I don't know that Philly, he would have to bring some other pieces. Um, Which they can't afford. Know, like, or, or they'd have to keep a, a, a J.J. Redick, a guy they played $20 million this year. Which they can't afford. Uh, right. So it's, you know, they, they don't have enough shooters on that team um, to compliment him the way that, you know, I think they should. I, I don't know that him and Ben Simmons is a great coexist on the floor two guys that need to dominate the ball and one of them can't shoot so one and a half of them can't shoot (laughs) (laughs) it's like i you know you got lebron who is at best slightly consistent from three i mean obviously his his mid-range his mid-range game is unrivaled he's like kobe mid-range i mean he's just and especially the series where he was just destroying terry rogier or baines Mm -hmm. or you know just even with the fadeaways, which you and I were like, we'll settle for those shots. He was still hitting like 45% of them, you know? <laughs> still ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. So, no, yeah, I mean, I, I there's, I agree. The Sixers is not a good, like, he'll destroy that team going there. Unless he's willing to take a pay cut in order to build an actual team. Right. Which, knowing LeBron, he's not. But And, and I mean, I, he shouldn't have to, you know? Yeah. Like, what? If that's what that's what we're talking about going to that team. Uh, obviously, you grow with those guys, and there's some good players on that team. I just don't think that him and Ben Simmons on the floor makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I, I would like Baines. I think that his best case scenario is with the Celtics. It, uh, problem is that he probably has to take less money to do it. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he seemingly loves the locker room. He loves the the franchise. He loves the city and the team. Food in Boston. Yeah, a lot of that on Twitter. Yeah, and and he's. Yeah, you know, he fits the mo. He fits the city. He's like that—that that really gritty dude, who yep. you know he really he embodies what what the Celtics are. Same way as Smart. You know, they they both have that that personality, and I think Celtics fans really like him. I think he really likes Celtics fans, and he, he got along really well here. It was a, it was a great fit. I would like to see him stay, but again, everything is less. You know, less money, right. less time, and you know, a chance at a ring. I, I think that would. If we get Baines, there's no need for Monroe with Hayward coming back. We'll play smaller, but I don't think there's a need for Monroe. Right. And I don't think we can afford him. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think that he's probably going to want to look for a team. I mean, he's heading into years where he's probably got like one good long-term contract left in him. So he's going to want to sign. Even if he signs a one-year deal somewhere, he's going to be looking to sign a, a longer deal. So he's going to want to be some exposure. He's going to want to play. Yeah, well, he tried to do that with Phoenix, right? And they just didn't. Right, but I mean, but that is Phoenix. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I think his best bet is to get on a playoff team or borderline playoff team, you know, not a bottom feeder like that. And Charlotte. Yeah, something like that, where, where he could potentially, you know, potentially be the piece to put them into the playoffs, right? Yeah. And, and play a lot. Yeah. Any other guys? He's, he's 28 now, so... I mean, you know, yeah, he, uh, he's got. Yeah, I would agree. One more long-term deal, yeah. unless he loses it in that deal. Maybe he like becomes an all-star. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. Now Larkin played pretty well for what he was. You know, third-string point guard. Um, 
I don't think it really matters. I think they could plug that in with somebody else. But having a guy that was experienced like that, uh, he had a few. He had a, you know, he had some good games. Uh, he wasn't great towards the end of the year, but um, you know, I mean, for for what he is, he could end up back here too. Do you? I I controversial thought. If Shane Larkin hadn't gotten hurt, do you think he could have won us Game Seven? No, Terry Rozier was not shooting. Terry Rozier was I not know, but like, are we gonna? Would Larkin really be out there launching shit up? I, I, I don't, don't know if so. launching, but he f- just makes the buckets. <laughs> I don't know about launching, just hit mix to make it's, man. It's a different game that we just make baskets. You know, it's like just and his energy and his explosiveness. Yeah, I mean, he could have created some stuff going to the basket too. Yeah, um, which was non-existent. But I, I still feel like Brad probably would have just left Terry out there, though. Don't, don't you think that as well as he's played this playoffs, like he would have just rode out with Terry either way? A lot of those shots that Terry was taking, and, and it wasn't just him; it was other guys too. Like they were, we had like how many? I I counted like four or five threes that rattled out, you know, yeah. that were like halfway down and just popped out. At least two or three of those from him. So I, I don't necessarily think the guys were that far off. Uh, just a you know. Shitty no, but that confidence, you know, you get, you start seeing the, the ball hit the bottom of the net and then you start feeling a little better and then those shots start sinking. Yeah. And well, I think Brad was hoping that one of them was going to go in oh, and that sure. was unleashed. Yeah. I'm just bringing up the possibility that Shane Larkin could have brought us to a championship. Okay. <laughs> you know, just... I, I, I I'm not so sure about that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting theory. It is it a very, definitely a theory, big, big theory. Anybody else? You, so no renewal on Larkin, no attempt to, to bring him back. I mean, I I, I mean, they, if they'll sign him for a vet man, maybe if if you know if he's he is what he is, so they know what he can do. Um, I guess it's better than the unknown in some situations, but I mean, I don't think it's all that important that he's the guy. No, at that point, he's just taking up a roster spot. I think. Yeah, and uh, they're gonna need a backup point guard. So whether they think one of those D League guys can fill in that role, I don't think that's gonna be the case when it, we're talking about talking? A finals run. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> cool. Well, draft. We uh, have been in the talks for trading up. I, I guess not talks, mm-hmm. boy. I've seen stuff about the Celtics being poised to trade up for actually a, a high lottery pick, right? Where people were targeting or saying that Ainge wants like Mo Bamba, which is an awesome name. Yes. I love that mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> uh, is it, do you even see any possibility of that being likely or necessarily worthwhile? I, I don't understand. I mean, I'm not so sure they'd be able to, to move up into the, is it, what would we be looking at here? You know, um, that'd be that'd be top five probably. So we're talking top five. This is Dallas, right? Um, yeah, Dallas is five. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, Terry Rozier is not really going to be appealing to them since they have a point guard, right? So it's not like you can package him in Sacramento and another first or something. Um, I I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a stretch, uh, and they're not going to be trading Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown for. To move into the top five for a guy that might be as good about as good as them, right? Yeah, uh, and, and you already know what you're away. Yeah, and it's it's not. Yeah, it, it doesn't really make any yeah. sense to me, and I don't see how else they'd be able to acquire that that kind of positioning. Yeah, I it would yeah. be a, a lot of stuff. I mean, it could be future picks or something. You know, Ainge would be able to pull. Yeah, them. I mean, we've got that Clips pick next year, right? Lakers, um, Sacramento, yeah, Sacramento, yeah. Our firsts are all at the end of the. You know, you figure our next first for the next 
10 years, hopefully, or at the end of the first round. So um, not exactly all that appealing to teams, I would imagine. Yeah, I, that's, the, that's the cost of being good is that you have to find gold in the late rounds. And that's just kind of how it goes. Right. Which, which happens. I mean, it happens. Dan- Ainge hasn't necessarily been so great in that department. He's nailed all his top picks, anything like his top 10 picks. But, you know, I mean, he's had a lot of busts up there, 20 plus. I'm trying to think of... There was someone who was legit in the mid late twenties. RJ, RJ, RJ Hunter was solid. You know, actually, I, I liked RJ. He just never got toiling away in the D League now, though, so I, I wouldn't count that as a nail. Yeah, he just never got the time. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, maybe he will this year. He's in Chicago, I believe. He was, yeah. Jordan Mickey yeah. was a stud second round. Stud stallion, yep. <laughs> a god, is <laughs> unreal. Best player ever picked second round. Goes Jordan Mickey, then Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, cool. So draft, nothing nothing crazy there. We're going to have a lot of more draft stuff as we get closer to end of June. And, you know, we actually get talking about those. Probably once the playoffs are over, we'll, we'll get more into draft coverage. Final kind of off-season moves would be extensions and trades. Terry has mm-hmm. one more deal, one more year left. Kyrie has one more year left, and Marcus Morris has one more year left. Deadline is like late July, I think. Right? Yeah, it's 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 after uh, draft, and it's is it before free agency? No, no, it's no. after it's after. after free agency. Yeah. yeah, I mean, normally they get it settled before, so that they know what money I, they have. My guess is um, extending Irving's probably top of the list um, for obvious reasons. I don't know that they'll do that, or if he'd even be willing to do that. Um, it seems like he would. Uh, it seems like he had a fun year here. Uh, and seeing what they have, I, I think, you know, and especially given his injury, injury uh, history, he'd probably, coming off of the, the knee ailment, if I'm him, I want to check into my next long-term deal, wouldn't you? Uh, yes, but also if I'm the Celtics, I'd be reluctant to do so. Really? You So you wouldn't lock up Kyrie? No, because of those injuries, man. I mean, he's been... You know, uh, I he see. came in with, I remember when we picked him up, when we traded for him, someone posted like just a picture of just pointing arrows to every single one of his injuries. And we're talking about how he's injury prone. And I don't, I don't completely agree with that, but you know, we lost him when we needed him most <laughs> alongside Gordon Hayward, yeah. alongside all the other people, T- Daniel Tice. Also, there's a big, there's a big guy why Baines may not be needed. Daniel Tice. Oh, that's, that's very, very um, true. But yeah, can, on with that. I, I, I'm not saying I don't want him to stay on the Celtics. I'm saying that, you know, maybe I wait. To see. You would wait, you would play wait and see and wait till after. Uh, yeah, see. because if he really wants to stay, it doesn't matter if he's extended versus if he's actually on the market. You know, well, if he really wants to stay, but at the same time, he's going to be he's going to be an unrestricted free yeah. agent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You're kind of I don't know. I I'm going forward with I want that core into intact, knowing that. I wouldn't want to mess around with that. I'd want to see what his knee looks like. Maybe we'll know by July before the deadline. <laughs> I want some, I want some photos. Uh, you know, I want, I, to see, yeah. I want to see some dance moves. I want to see <laughs> what what's going on in the knee. Plus, I mean, he's making just a bad movie, and that that hurts his his value. Uh, you know, <laughs> I tell you, that movie looks so bad. I'm sorry, Kyrie, but that I mean, that, that hurts his value. <laughs> The Uncle Drew was great. The commercials were awesome. The Don't Reach Youngblood. I love that stuff. And 
I, I was cautiously optimistic when I heard that they were going to be doing that. And then I saw the trailer. And, yeah, it's not, it's not good. Terry Rozier, extend him? Um, I don't think that they will, only because the price tag there is probably going to be pretty high. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think you're going to tie up that kind of money in um, him and Marcus, I guess. You know, this is me saying, hopefully we're keeping mm-hmm. Marcus smart. So I, I don't know that they would. I don't know. And I don't know that he would be willing to sign an extension knowing that, you know, based on what he did in the playoffs and at the end of the year this year, uh, it, it was a pretty good audition for a lot of teams. I mean, there's probably a lot of teams out there that would be interested in him being one of their starting guards. Yeah, he's um, my one response to that would be, I, I think he's a guy who thinks he can always do better. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's like peak Terry Rozier? Do you think that's like his cap of what we saw of like, you know, a solid, solid starting guard mm-hmm. can definitely win you some games. But, you know, he's, he's not an all star. Not like, yeah, I mean, I think I think that fits him for me. Yeah. I think that was his peak. Mm-hmm. But whether he admits that. Yeah. And is willing to say, this is the best that I'm going to be. I should cash in now versus have a worse year next year. Okay. And not have as much value going into the market. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see Terry becoming like a 40 point game store. You know what I mean? Like a guy that's going to drop 40. Um, yeah. He's not. Yeah, so like, you know, uh, he could average 20 points. I, I don't see that. I don't think that's out of the question. If he was on a team where he was one of the guys, right. Uh, uh-huh. But I don't see him being like that dominant score or and he's not you know he's like Kyrie in many ways not like gonna he's not gonna put up 10 assists right Uh, he plays a very similar game to him he's just not quite as electric as Kyrie offensively um yeah I think he's a better rebounder yeah he's a better rebounder he's a better defender too um but you know that doesn't make up the difference from being one of like the top three scorers in the NBA yeah Marcus Morris, do you extend him? Um, I probably not. I think you play wait and see with that. Um, I, I think I think you keep Morris. I think he plays a good role. Um, you know, he's in your top eight players, right? So he's in the rotation. He plays minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think he does a lot of things well. He stretches the floor too. But I don't know that you're. You, you know, I don't know. I don't like the idea of extending role players when you're going to be so cap strong, right? Um, some of the younger yeah. guys like Terry, you make you can make a case for because maybe he will even grow to be even better, and you're cashing in, you know, um, at somewhat less than what his potential value is. But with somebody like Morris, I'm not so sure. Cool. Well, we'll have obviously tons of more stuff on this as we get closer to those days. Yeah, free agency starts start of July. Draft is end of June extension stuff whenever it happens in july we'll find that out before we record those podcasts and we'll have that information as we get closer to that let's talk about the most interesting thing in the nba right now which is the ridiculous twitter explosion storyline thing that was broken on the ringer that is just what the hell is going on brian the (laughs) burner colangelo what is happening in Philly, what total wild, wild move? And it, it's it's like the, my the favorite part about it is like this is like we're seeing like LeBron's like all right he's he's definitely leaving Cleveland right? I mean we've kind of 
all already knew, known that. So what better way to have your franchise in turmoil than your, your GM? <laughs> like, just total, total, like, nut job um, conspiracy shit pops out. And, like, what is what, what couldn't have been worse timing? I, I guess if it was a little closer to free agency, it could have been worse, but... Yeah, this happens like on June twenty eighth. It's like I mean, two days left, and LeBron <laughs> suddenly LeBron goes to an office yeah, with him. He goes, oh, "No, nah, don't worry about it." You know, it's because yeah. at least right this before, way he'll be gone. Yeah, right before yeah. his uh, decision two comes out, and you know he, <laughs> you can just eliminate them from. I, I, that's just nuts. And uh, so, how much of this have you been reading into the the conspiracy theories and whatnot? I haven't. I uh, I, I was doing. You know, I read the the first article on the ringer which broke down that he had burner accounts or well at least it's it's very clear that it's likely brian colangelo who was basically using five different burner twitter accounts to talk about his team in ways that he probably shouldn't have (laughs) as a gm (laughs) whether it's talking about julia okafor's health or you know, all of his players' Don't ability to actually no shirt play on. basketball. Yeah, you know, it's just like <laughs> just trashing his own players, things like that. Not very, uh, not very cool from a GM. And so I read that, and I was I was amused. The first time I read it, it was like four in the morning, so I was tired, so I didn't understand it. I reread it after you guys were talking about it. So that's that's basically it. I've seen a couple things that you guys have been talking about with like that it might be his wife or that. Yeah, so that's that's where a lot of people are pointing the finger now. Uh, at least, and uh, I think that's, I, while some of the tweets certainly sound like it could, you know, like it doesn't, it sounds like that's a possibility. Most of this stuff sounds like it's coming right from the source. I mean, just the way it, there's, it just doesn't sound like somebody's wife tweeting most of these things. I, I, I spent a good, better part of an afternoon last week going through these tweets and, it's wild stuff. The wildest thing, too, is that the counts are still up there, and you can still go through them and read them, because I keep seeing things pop up. At least most of them are. I don't know about all of them. Um, and people just keep retweeting stuff, like, from whatever. How is, like, okay, so I understand that Philadelphia has to do, like, a um, investigation or whatever. You can't, like, unjustly fire somebody. But how are we sitting here almost a week later, and he is still the like Sixers he's, a, he's the president right uh yeah I mean GM I mean, yeah, whatever he's colloquially yeah he's he's like he's top of the yeah. still running the show over there yeah. he's not been fired yet and I, I was reading some Philly blogs this morning about they need to cut ties with Brian Colangelo yesterday yeah well what, so <laughs> what craziness maybe uh I, I think maybe they're if it's his wife and he's maybe that's his cover up and he said it's his wife. So they're in the, even if it works, is, they're in the works of, he, they're in the works of uh, divorce papers. You know, that's, that's the answer. Even if it's fire, fire, Brian Clangelo's wife. It doesn't make a difference. He still has to go. Uh, I agree. I just think it's really amusing. And I like kind of poking the fire. I think it's a lot of fun. I have a friend who's a huge, huge Sixers fan and I'm just having tons of fun with it. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And but like here, here's the thing too. Now here's one bright side for Philly fans, right? Sam Hinkie's become like their, their like the the martyr that died for the process, right? He got fired because, you know, even though he acquired all those great players from his tanking, um, 
what if he gets to come back and be the Philly GM after all this is said and done? I think this is the best way for the organization to save face because Philly fans loved Hinky for putting them in the position that they're in now. And, you know, they were bad for so many years. And, like, they all kind of – he died for their sins, you know? And, yeah. and what a what – a, that would be the best PR possibility for the Sixers to bring back Sam Hinky after all this. Mm-hmm. I know Justin's been saying David Griffin. Maybe that's how you get LeBron. Um, Does he I, I, I don't, I don't know that Griffin and LeBron were necessarily all that tight. I know he stood up for him when he got fired, but, um, at the same time, I don't, I don't quite think that these guys were like best buds or something like that. Like, I don't think that's Griffin Griffin is the only GM responsible for a championship in Cleveland. That's true. Uh, You know, it's not going to happen with this lineup that was just created at the trade deadline. (laughs) <laughs> well don't forget jordan clarkson acquired yeah first round pick. yeah that's it's <laughs> it's a mess over in cleveland but so yeah i mean maybe i'm sure well, maybe you maybe you allow lebron if this is what it is maybe you're dragging out this colangelo thing so that you can fire him like a couple weeks but, but then you're going into you're doing what cleveland did last year and like going into a draft with no gm and um but Maybe if you, you, you know, you send a floater out there to LeBron's people like, hey, LeBron wants a particular GM, you know, tell him to let us know. Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe that's one way to smooth him in the door. We know LeBron's really the GM. I mean, he built this horrendous team that he's playing with. Maybe they signed him as both. You know, they signed him as player GM. First player GM. I know you can't be player coach anymore, but who says you can't be player GM? No rules. No rules. That's On that, That's Antoine Walker thinks that Boston is a good place for LeBron to go. Good fit, apparently. He's, you know, he's probably not wrong, but oh. I would be. I I would I, I couldn't I couldn't after all these years <laughs> of torment from this man and and us tormenting him earlier in his career and like I don't I don't think I could flip it all around and just it, I would be like a broken person. I know that LeBron. I know that the Celtics are not. His like ultimate nemesis, it's probably either San Antonio or Golden State. Mm-hmm. But I I wish that it'd be the Celtics. You know? It just it sucks that it didn't like align well enough. Like during his like heat years that the Celtics were kind of in the rebuild. So Well, one thing if he did go to Philly, or anywhere for that matter, um, we could potentially be his spoiler for like the third chapter of his career. Yeah, you know? and like uh, we could play spoiler for that. Like, but then we also become- that's when it becomes the asterisk of like he's old now. Now his age has gotten to him, and like it's no longer the actual narrative of like LeBron James, the greatest player of all time, which he will have been kind of established by that point. But it'll be like but the Jordan can't... Wizard years. It'll be like, yeah, congrats. Uh, but see, here's 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 where I disagree with that because he couldn't get over the hump in Cleveland and beat up the old guy Celtics. We went back to the finals in 2010. That was supposed to be his year. He couldn't get through us. He had to go build a super team to beat us, right? It would almost be like coming full circle back where it's like, he's the old guy now. We got the young kids, and we're going to beat the hell out of you. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I can, I, I, I just think that he, it's going to be the, the asterisk once we get to that, actually, you know, that point, if we do ever become his antagonists, whether he's in the Western conference or mm-hmm. playing him in the finals 
or he is on the Sixers, or I, I actually keep pitching the the Hornets because I think that'd be. <laughs> hey, my friend, my friend is like he needs to go somewhere because my my Sixers friend is like, he needs to go somewhere where there's already an established team and all stars. I'm like, oh man, then you'll love Charlotte because <laughs> they've got Kemba Walker and a young Michael Kidd Gilchrist and, and the better Zeller <laughs> and, and the better Zeller and all these great pieces. It's so I, I think that'd be fun for him. <laughs> I can dig it. Hornets under Jordan's thumb. And then he joins the, the ghosts that he's been chasing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I like it. I think that'd be the place where I, I think that'd be a fun storyline. And then we get to really make firstly, the Hornets be relevant. Secondly, mm-hmm. we, uh, we get to be the antagonist because Eastern, Eastern conference. And then there's more of a power structure in the East. Yeah, then then we've got a few good teams, right? I, I I can get behind that. Yeah, all around, it'd be a fun conference for the next six years, and then we'll trample everybody. Yes. <laughs> After that, cool. Well, check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com, where we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading, which will probably be summer league. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas, yeah. Utah. Get on out there. Summer League. Let's go. And you can find this podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most of your podcatcher apps. And as always, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any of our wonderful episodes where Mark and I debate about where LeBron James should go. And if you like what you hear, five stars would really help us out with just being seen by other basketball fans and Celtics fans and Celtics podcast listeners, which will help us bring better content to you guys. If you want better content, let us know what you think we should work on with comments on any of our Celtics Life articles or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. Anything else you want to hit on, dude? No, happy finals, guys. Happy finals. Go Celtics. <laughs> Go Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.